Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a What Are We Do Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a What Are We Do Show patron today at patreon.com slash W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. Well, now, we have quite the case here, don't we, uh, you know, subtle Dr. Watson. This quite perplexing and unusual anime, made with potentially questionable intent. I think we're going to need to examine this a bit closer. We're going to be on the case for quite some time. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, I, I felt obligated to, you know, do some sort of comedic Sherlock impression on the way in on this one, folks. Uh... You know, it's required of a Z-list anime critic like me to do something as goofy as that. But, jokes aside, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs, to Waridesho's second stream. This is our patron-first uh, stream covering currently airing shows in a kind of similar manner to our mainline stream of thought, where we do full plot, summary, and analysis. But this is just the rump stake that is the analysis. There isn't going to be a great amount of talking about specific plot points we're going to assume that you've already seen the episode and unfortunately you know the boys you know that we covered last time and given they've gone on tour they'll be back sometime in 2020 so we're just going to be covering something a little different this time we're going to be talking about kabuchiko sherlock uh case file number 221 if i'm not mistaken which okay um... i <laughs> i think you've already done it i think you <laughs> i think we might have already mispronounced uh, oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> the, the K word. Kabuchiko. Oh, Kabuki. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, oh, man. Crispy creme. Crispy creme. I, I, I do it all the time, too. Kabukicho. 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 I have to, like, I've wrote it down phonetically. Uh, <laughs> I'm so just going to roll that. I mean, I mispronounce Suenayama's name millions of times <laughs> in the given podcast. I think it's one of my, like, you know, running gags. I don't even realize I'm doing. But yes, uh, we're back to cover this one. Uh, case 221, Kabuki Show Sherlock. Um, hopefully, there aren't 220 cases that we have to watch beforehand in order to get caught up on the plot. Um, but anyway, I'm Shaden, and joining me as always, uh, you know, from across the pond but close my heart, is the subtle doctor. Hey everyone what's going on it's we're gonna be talking about mysteries hmm, there's plenty of mysteries a, about this show that's for sure and and a detective guy who is um a genius but also a dick and socially awkward something we've never seen before in oh, television hey you know what? that sounds like something i'm gonna describe myself as on tinder <laughs> genius but kind of a dick and socially awkward <laughs> it's it's true like you know so, uh, Kabuchio Sherlock, this was picked out by our patrons, and yeah. it, uh, if you, in turn, want to be involved in, you know, deciding what shows we cover, uh, getting some questions to us, talk to us on Discord, uh, you can even request your own shows to cover, then feel free to consider becoming a patron for as little as $2 a month. Uh, plenty of perks involved in it, so do feel free to have a look at that. Alright, so, since, uh, 
this is stream of uh, not so stream of fire but it's not stream of fire it's second stream second uh, stream second stream um we are going to dive right into the discussion rather than uh, going into a uh, deep plot summary um all i'll say is that the moment is that if you you know know about sherlock holmes in general as a character and who you, doesn't at this point? Well, well, that's something I'll that's something I'll talk about in a bit. But like, if you know, uh, that's fine. But if you don't, you don't need to really know that much either. Um, this show is not so heavily steeped in the short mythos that it brings over every single little detail. Uh, they are certainly doing some of their own things with it, which I appreciate. But we'll be coming to that more in a moment. Um, so, Doc, do you want to lead off or shall I? Because uh, I've got plenty to talk about. Uh, mm. Also, also expect uh, Angry Shadens to get on Cork's a little bit <laughs> here and there. Um, well, just a little quick note. Uh, people may or may not know. I certainly didn't know till a few moments ago that uh, Kabukicho is an actual real-life district in mm-hmm. Japan. And uh, it's a bit... Uh, it's It's a bit, you know... It's a bit seedy. Is seedy the right word? There's a lot of um, activities that go on of questionable legality. Um, like playing you Yu-Gi-Oh know. in the streets. <laughs> exactly. So uh, when I read... Um, oh, why does why does her name escape me? I'm so terrible for not remembering Caitlin Moore's name. When I was reading her write-up on this episode on Anime Feminist... Um, She's the one who who tipped me off to that, and so I thought that was um, an interesting detail. But uh, so I, I should put my biases on the table, though, before we start talking about this show, and say that I am not really a mystery guy. Um, I ne- I've never really been drawn to the genre. Like, if if someone was trying to sell me on something, right? And they were mm-hmm. like, first and foremost, it is a it is a mystery, it's a murder mystery, or a whodunit. I, that never really did anything for me, um, which is it's funny because um, my favorite video game ever is Persona Four, which is ostensibly a murder mystery game. However, well, well if however, I may say, Doc, I may say, Doc, did you really did you appreciate you Narakami's return in this? Oh, was he? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He looks the... exactly like him. <laughs> He dyed his hair, uh, and he became yeah, a, a he finally used just for men. <laughs> exactly, yeah, he got on that. Um, shouts to you, you. Um, but but yeah, so so P four is a, is a murder mystery, but um, that's never really how I would describe the game to someone if I was doing an elevator pitch, and it's not really kind of what hooked me about it. There, there's so much else going on. Like, I'm fine if um there's, like, a mystery as a sort of secondary element to a story, like Banana Fish, right? I mean, I, I, when I think of Banana Fish, I don't think of a mystery, but, like, a, there's a big mystery being unraveled throughout a large part of that show about what is the banana fish, <laughs> and where is it from, and, and who's using it for what purposes, and... But but like there's other stuff in the story to kind of keep you interested and but but here the mystery really is front and center, um, mostly uh, at least that's how it is in a lot of Sherlock stuff, um, mm-hmm. and that's not like the most compelling thing ever for me. Hmm. Um, well, the the examples you brought up both of Persona Four and Banana Fish they actually function similarly in that 
the mysteries of, you know, the murder Zenaba and, of course, the banana fish drug, they're really just things that you drape the characters over. Like, they're just mm-hmm. a framework for things to be hung on. Uh, yeah. And what you're touching on here is something I'm going to address in one of my own talking points specifically about this show later. But it is fair, even if you're not a mystery person, I tell then question, you know, okay, if we're getting a mystery here or not, what's the point of the show? Like, what is it trying to be about? Uh, put that in your, you know, in your headspaces for a little bit, folks. That'll be relevant later. Yeah, so I, I guess me giving this preamble is just to say, like, if I seem less than uh, super enthused about this kind of thing, it's really a personal uh, taste issue more than, you know, me sort of looking at it uh, the way that someone who's a mystery lover might and and kind of judging it the same way. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Um, but like, I guess if we're going to talk about the the criticism of the episode, the, the analysis, uh, there's sort of two big buckets I put everything into. And they're sort of, one is labeled uh, LGBTQ and the other is labeled the rest of the stuff. Hmm. Um, I'm going to, I've got my own bucket as well, which is violence against women. God, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I'm bringing sure. my own one there. And sure. I've, I've got other buckets as well. Like this, this is like, you know, complete clean up here. Not that I think that this show thus far, as far as episode one is concerned, is completely, you know, utterly a, a write-off. No, but, uh, but I don't think so either. But there's a lot of question marks over it. And when I for a mystery show, you'd think that'd be appropriate, but they're not the right kind of questions one should be asking at this point. Let's put it that way. Which yeah. we'll be covering in a moment. Yeah. Um and and just to like may- maybe like say something genuinely positive right from the off and, and and kind of without caveats. I had a good time, I think, with the the episode, with the twenty two minutes on offer or or so. Um all things considered, um I, I thought you could adequately uh, sorry accurately rather describe this as a, as a mostly fun kind of romp um mm. and it was quite colorful there were things i enjoyed yes. about the way that it looked oh yes um and you know uh i think your your grimaces there are either about the lgbt stuff which we will talk about and which i was prepped for so um I kind of was ready for that blow. And if you watched it, uh, and if if you were not ready for that, I could see it blindsiding you and kind of completely ruining your enjoyment of the episode. But expectations were kind of set for me. So I was like ready to compartmentalize all that stuff and then kind of try to look at the rest of it and see what else I could find. And mm. like, and again, like mysteries, right? I mean, are mysteries supposed to be the kind of thing that you as an audience member can solve or are they supposed to be the kind of thing where it's insoluble to you and you wait for the genius to kind of do the things you can't do with information that only he or she or they have and like then put the pieces together this is a thing that i've always struggled with and you know in sherlock stories it it really does kind of seem to be mostly leaning toward the latter. There's not a lot Mm. I as an audience member can do to like really solve this mystery given the limited information I have. Mm. So 
I, I don't know. So that's, I guess, kind of what makes it a little bit less fun. But if I just kind of like, okay, turn that part of your brain off, Doc, and like just kind of watch, um, you know, Sherlock is Sherlock. He's a character you either love or hate. I mean, he is, they kind of nailed the sort of modern, like, uh, Benedict Cumberbatchian, like, uh, fucking I will say, I'll say this, I'll say this for this show, right? If nothing else, it has one thing definitely over the um, Stephen Moffat Sherlock, which is that we don't, thankfully don't see, although it is kind of his own way of doing it, like, we see something that to me is much more visually interesting than just having Benedict Cumberbatch, like, you know, send word out across the screen with, like, waving his hands. <laughs> yes, do do math like John Nash on a window, yeah, right? It's, that, that was some ridiculous <laughs> shit. Uh, okay, so oh boy. I'm just going to yeah. put my credentials on the table as well a little bit here. Now, I've actually read some of the Sherlock Holmes stories, but not many of them. Uh, the ones that I have read that you will be probably most interesting, uh, sorry, most interesting in talking about is, of course, uh, Scandal in Bohemia, which introduces Irene Adler, uh, who, mm. in Sherlock-like canon across the years and all the various incarnations of the character, both uh, as a standalone character and a... Uh, you know, in films and fiction and whatnot, like, she's been massively overexposed relative to her presence in the book, which was <laughs> one book that was, like, maybe 60 pages long. Uh, but nonetheless, that story I really like because it was, you know, Sherlock gets one-upped in that one by her. Uh, and the rest I had read, I haven't read the, the big ones, like, you know, for example, The Hound of the Baskervilles or whichever one, you know, Sherlock and Moriarty end up, you know, taking a bungee cordless jump over the Reichenbach Falls. Um, but the thing that I noticed when I read a lot of the Sherlock stories is that, as you say, like there isn't a lot for the reader's grip onto as far as um, details and such, like where you feel like you could potentially solve the mystery ahead of time. And I am one of those people that I think that that is what makes a mystery appealing. But that said, like I understand why they were created at the time, because I think that, like, Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote them, like he was very much of the opinion that logic and reason and induction were, you know, the tools of the sane and rational man. Uh, and the way that it's certainly framed, which is replicated in this show, is that we don't, of course, operate from inside Sherlock's mind. We see him presented through the perspective of, of John Watson. Uh, and Watson, of course, you know, pontificates many times about Sherlock's various eccentricities, but also his brilliance and the questions like how he could come up, you know, to it. Um, Sherlock himself, like, you know, trusts Watson's own deduction. Uh, beyond that, I my only other real experience with Sherlock is Basil the Green Mouse Detective. That <laughs> That's yeah. a superb uh, one. I Persona, love that Persona 4, because let's face it, now Sakuragani now is too. basically... Sherlock's, mm -hmm. you know, of that particular franchise. Uh, and the first um, Guy Ritchie Sherlock film starring Robert Downey Jr., which was actually <laughs> a lot... That is a fun film. You know? Cool. I have not seen it. Have you... Yeah. So you didn't watch House either? Uh, I haven't seen House, no. I really <laughs> should do. Um, I don't know if you should do. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it that much, but... Hey, I, I, is, I did. I did see me. one episode where uh, House decided what he would do was uh, wheel in a coma patient and then you know say, "Well, he's staying here for like you know several years. That's all a good reason for us to get a giant flat screen TV or something in this in this <laughs> hospital pod." <laughs> like you know, yeah, you know, a lot of programs on for coma patients. Let's put it that way. But the reason I bring all that up is for a couple of a couple of points. First off, I think it's fair to say that 
shot of maybe I don't know uh, Harry Potter, uh, Jesus, and God knows what else. <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes is probably one of the most recognizable like characters in fictional works. Like across Goku, don't forget Goku. Goku. Yeah, Goku. Yeah, um, Kamehameha. You know. It's yeah, pe- people. Know even it. if you've even if you've never read a Sherlock story, the odds are very, very good that you at least have a passing knowledge of the key components of the Sherlock mythos of like Sherlock canon. You've got Watson, you've got Holmes, you've got Moriarty, uh, Adler, so on and so forth. The, the stupid hat, the, the magnifying hat, glass. Yeah. Elementary, Which... my dear Watson. Yeah, <laughs> the magnifying glass was not used in this, sadly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think I don't think uh, Cumberbatch uses it either. To be fair. No, he just, you know, I could say he just puts in, you know, his uh, <laughs> word on there and with whooshing noises and whatnot. It's too funny. Uh, it's so how can, anyone, how can anyone say that shit seriously? So uh, the reason I, I watched all, this, all of it. <laughs> I watched f- all of it. You fool. Uh, <laughs> so the reason I bring that up, um, and indeed all the stuff that we haven't watched uh, collectively between us, such like, you know, as the Bandit Cumberbatch one, um, or even like Elementary, for example, or any of the many films or such a produced time, like Holmes is a character that has seen adaptation into many, many different works and many different styles and works in turn that have their own purposes and intents. Like the Guy Ritchie one, you know, yeah, we get the investigative stuff in it, and it pays lip service to a lot of Holmes' attributes, like the fact that he's a boxer and whatnot, uh, you know. But it's a, it's just a fun popcorn flick. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. a deep intellectual exercise. Um, so that has its own worth, of course. So I'm bringing that up now because I have to say that I am very, very confused as to what the purpose of this particular show is. Because I can't tell if it's meant to be a comedy, a mystery, or like, you know, a grim, gritty crime drama, or some sort of strange blend in between. Yeah. Um, I'm going to elaborate on that more in a bit, but I think that this show has some very serious tone problems. Um, mainly because of one particular thing, and this... <laughs> yeah, which I'll get into. Is um, the scene at the end, you mean? No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. Uh, it's, of course, the the violence, the... the, the oh, what happens okay. to the lady. Yeah, uh, okay. Because this... <laughs> Uh, we'll gain some detail in a bit because it also ties in, funnily enough, to the story in which this uh, episode actually takes some elements of, which is a study in Scarlet. Uh, the fingernail writing, for example, in Blood, is something that was taken as an element from that story. Although the differences are only in the very superficial, like attributes like that, rather than the meat of it. Uh, although Study in Scarlet also was the first Holmes novel ever written. And serves as Watson's introduction to Holmes as well, which is replicated in this episode. So, there's that. Uh, I, as I say, didn't really care that much for the stories in the end, because I felt they kind of got a bit repetitive in terms of, oh, Holmes, however did you crack it? And for me, <laughs> I think that Sherlock, like, as a show or as a, as a work of fiction... I think one of the things that I find a bit problematic with it is it seems to really be appealing to people who take a kind of snootish, vicarious arrogance to like, look at how smart we are. Like, you know, look how smart I can be, you know, by em- emulating Sherlock's ways, which isn't really how it should be because he has his own eccentricities and stuff. Um, and he's mostly a person you wouldn't want to emulate in a lot of the kind of modern takes on him anyway. They really lean into the the dickishness and you know we'll we'll keep you around and tolerate your awful 
you know, borderline abusive behavior uh, because uh, you you get results. And that is, um, I don't know, uh, not not a thing that uh, I find like super entertaining. I'm not going to mm. sit here and be like, oh, problematic. You shouldn't watch it or whatever. But it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, and the second thing I want to bring up is this, like, because Holmes is such a well-known character in all of light literary canon, inevitably when you make an adaptation that references even, you know, Sherlock even slightly, it brings its baggage with it, you know, brings like expectations and ideas, things that you already know. Um, so obviously, you know, when we go into this show and it's a Sherlock one, we expect a mystery story, we expect Watson to turn up, we expect this, this, and that. Now, for my part, when it comes to ad- adapting Sherlock Holmes, or indeed anything that famous, I don't care what you choose to do, what you choose to keep, or what you choose to cut. Uh, it has to maintain some, like, you know, parity to the original. Like, you can't suddenly, for example, have Sherlock be, I don't know, a fucking octopus or some shit. Then again, he was a mouse, so who am I to argue? Uh, but, you know, it has to have a semblance to the original, otherwise there's no point in adapting in the first place. But that said, I'm also really not that arse if you decide to do something like, say, say in a different country or a different time period, as it does here, or you choose not to include certain characters from the canon such as Irene Adler, who I believe is not going to be in the show because there's no entry for her on the mail page. Could be wrong on that, of course, we're only episode one. So for me, like, if there's one thing I'm not going to complain about, I'm not going to be like, you know, going, well, actually, it was different in the original uh, Conan Doyle books. This is wrong. No, (laughs) no, my OCD. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm much more interested uh... in the new things you do. And it does do some new things, I think, are interesting and neat. they're just in the service of some really, really questionable shit. Uh-huh. Uh, and yet we don't have to worry about that too much this time because it's, you know, I mean, yes, like, it's it's a take on some very famous fiction, but mm-hmm. it is an original take, I guess. Like, it's not an adaptation of a manga or a light novel, and so we don't have to, like, directly compare. There's no sort of other iteration of Kabukicho case file lowercase n superscript o two two one like this is this is the one and so yeah we we don't have that um and we usually i i mean the last time we had that was uh well maybe i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't it's, it's that anime that must not be named oh, <laughs> it's the no. last original anime we covered no. on a weekly basis so nope um no nope. yeah yeah that's yeah so um so where where would you like to where, well, where do get, you want to start I, here? I'm I'm gonna get right into the nasty stuff just so I can <clears> get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, big concept warning here, folks, for depictions of sexual violence towards women, uh, incredibly intimate sexual violence towards women. What could I don't know if it's the necessarily the fits the strictest definition of the term, but what could arguably be called female genital mutilation? Classy, great. So okay, um. So I don't have a problem with that. I do, and I and here's the thing, right? I don't I mean, have a problem. I let I me don't... let me wait. Let me first continue. Please do. No, 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 no. What I mean is, <laughs> obviously, IRL. I have a huge problem with it. But in terms of like in the fiction, uh, you have a, a a criminal, a copycat killer here. Uh, trying to emulate the murder of uh, Jack the Ripper. And 
uh, he has, um, you know, killed uh, a someone who works at uh, a host bar. And the thing that he's done is, um, well, mutilate, like you said, the genital area. But, like, so all this is, like, not really being endorsed by the show. It's like a, like a crime. You know, it's done by clearly a person who um, is a bad criminal man who needs help, who needs to go to jail. Um, it's, I don't know, these are kind of par for the course of murder mysteries. You have kind of grisly killings, right? Well... Here's the thing, right? I'm not against the inclusion of such graphic violence just simply because that's what it is. I'm, I hope that that's, if you've been following the show for a long time, that you have the idea that I'm, I've got a bit more nuance to my opinion than that. <laughs> we are but reviewing I, Vinland Saga. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so I don't have a problem with it simply because it is what it is. I have a problem with its execution and its use here. And this, this goes into the idea of tone that I mentioned. Like, this woman, this lady who... I believe is perhaps Lestrade's sister, unless I am completely misunderstanding. Yeah, that no, that's correct. Yeah. So why Lestrade has no reaction to the fact that his sister is not only dead, but has also been violated in one of the most graphic ways imaginable. Uh, that's questionable. I don't get that. But Was Lestrade no, the toupee wearing individual? Yes. Okay, was I, could, I wasn't clear on if that was He him. was there, and his reaction was, bro. <laughs> pretty much so i don't get that that's a bit odd um but lestrade by the way i should mention is of course a recurring holmes character in his own right so he's clearly been brought into this particular world for a reason uh, insofar as like the redaption adapt, adaptation is concerned lestrade like historically like lestrade has either been portrayed as being like you know the how did you do it holmes kind of like foil uh the one who always asks those questions uh he represents the police uh in pretty much every like you know story he appears in rather than being a private detective here or he could sometimes be you know the bumbling idiot who's like oh by dear god holmes however do you do it like that kind of thing <laughs> and, and like, he's where, a cop where he's... here as well right I think he's he's either a cop. I think he is one of the actual cops, not a private detective. I apologize. I think it's just not made entirely clear. But so there's that which I find troubling. But there's a wider issue of this. No one has a strong reaction to what they see here. With like the only person I would argue, or the only two people I'd argue who shouldn't like you know be reviled by this are probably Sherlock because Sherlock is an eccentric who is disconnected from other people. So, obviously, he wouldn't find this, like, you know, repulsive or distasteful, because that's just how he operates. And Watson, because Watson himself is a doctor, so this is probably something, well, not strictly the same thing that he's seen all the time, but rather he has, you know, dealt with injuries and such before. By the way, Watson being a doctor, like, as in a medical doctor, that is a carryover again from the books. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't, don't really, <laughs> they don't talk about that much. Yeah, uh, until the end. <laughs> but what they don't carry over, but as far as I can tell, is the fact that Watson also served in the army. Uh, in mm. fact, in um, Study in Scarlet, when he he's actually coming back from a war in which he was injured in, which is why he's usually depicted wearing a, you know, using a cane. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I'm okay with that. You don't need to carry over every single you know thing that defines a character from its original source <clears> material <throat> if something has to go because it doesn't make sense or isn't necessary anymore. Jettison it. I'm I'm all for that. Um. So back to this. No one has a strong reaction to this. And this entire investigation is brought about as a kind of like race or like, you know, a competition hosted by, um, what was the, uh, the, the cat club, I think it was. like the Pipe cat. The ca 
yeah, Pipe Cat Club. No says Pipe Cat Club, whose name eludes me at the moment. And it's treated as if though, like, it were a game. And to me, I would find, or like, I would believe that, you know, a place like Kabuchiko, which is, you know, like, full of sex workers, like, that's what what the trade of disrepute you talked about before was. Personally, I don't have a problem with it, by the way. Like, you know, but you'd think that if there was a killer going around doing this graphic, awful stuff to the women, you know, who do that kind of work, that this would have everyone on edge. It would be really, really, you know, concerning. And that they would treat it seriously rather than as a game. But no one, like, finds this incredibly violent and horrific act, like, in any way distasteful. Like, what is the tone trying to be here? Why uh, why have that incredibly violent act be the thing that happens to this woman if, you know, you're not ultimately going to work with it and use it for you? Like, any, she could have just been left dead when she banged her head on the cabinet after the guy threw her down. Like... The whole, like, you know, idea of, like, her being mutilated in such a way, that wasn't in Studying Scarlet. Like, the victim in Studying Scarlet was a man for a start, and he still didn't have his genitals chopped off. So this is something new, and yes, it is related to Jack the Ripper, uh, which I also find a bit curious, because Jack the Ripper, yes, fictionalised and mythologised though he is, was a real person. So we're kind of crossing over things a little bit here in terms yeah. of what's fiction and what's not. Uh, to the point where if you said to me, oh, they put Jack the Ripper in because Jack the Ripper was like, you know, the one person who never got caught was a mass murderer. And who could possibly foil him if he were real but Sherlock Holmes? Like, I'd probably buy that. Because to me, again, I feel like we're throwing things here without really considering their implications. Mm-hmm. That's what I find really problematic about it. Like, again, don't have an issue with this being here, like, if it was used appropriately. Indeed, I think that, you know, there's actually a potential for a really powerful story here about how the police don't want to help these workers at all or the workers don't want to turn to me if you've seen ollie fawn's video on sex workers then this is where i'm going with it because you know police violence and you know towards sex work is a well-known thing so there's your setup for why they have private detectives do all this for them because the police can't or won't help them or will actively you know harm them but i don't understand how you can have such like a light preppy you know like jazzy kind of like look to the show and also sound and feel to it while also saying oh yeah by the way she had her you know genitals chopped off it seems like complete and utter overkill hmm well so as far as the reactions to it i think the only other people in the room are seasoned detectives right a uh, neat freak detective and the former cop uh, but what well, what about what about the uh the, the cat club owner the pipe cat club like she just, leads she's like puts them on the case to look at this murder right but yes no like and here's the thing right as much as you say like that they there will have no reaction to it because they're hard detectives i get that but maybe it would have behooved the show to like you know put something in that gives us the perspective of someone who might think that this is as awful as it is yeah and and even d- despite seasoning and and experience like it's still it's still pretty grisly you know i mean i guess but but i i don't know i mean maybe maybe just murder scenes start to you start to lose that connection when you solve murders for a living uh i I don't i don't know um but uh yeah that didn't really i guess it didn't really strike me in the same way um and yeah, I I just uh, I didn't have an issue with it. I uh, as as far as like you know, okay, here's a really grisly murder. Um, I suppose the idea of um, 
uh, a very sort of uh, kind of silly, happy uh, pipe cat club um, game showification of murder mystery solving. Like those two things, you could be like, okay, this juxtaposition doesn't sit well with me, but I think the juxtaposition of, you know, solving murders and scoring points, like making it kind of gamifying it, is meant to be a little off kilter and unsettling. Uh, and it's meant to be like, you know, this is Kabuchiko. Yes. Uh, I firstly got to say, like, when you, you know, there's a reason the Blue's Clues doesn't have, like, you know, grisly murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, Blue loses, a you know, his paw or something like that. Like, we've, <laughs> so, we've, we've solved Blue's Clues. We found out why this man got his head blown off. There, there's a reason for that. Like, that's why I'm trying to say. But the second we thing found is, a like, clue. It's yeah. the paw print on a severed head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, <sighs> I... I get where you're coming from, but, like, if that is Kabuchiko, like, bear in mind, this this is a big thing here as well that I need to lead into here. Let's talk about John Watson, right? Watson is the POV character in all of the Sherlock stories. He's the one who, like, you know, filters through his own, like, Sherlock as a person to us. Like, you know, he's our lens, our narrator. And he similarly serves as our lens into Kabuchiko here. I probably mispronounced that again, I apologise. So... <laughs> Okay. So why is the only non-plus reaction he has to anything that he sees in this uh, at, you know, the club owner and the women that come in there? Yeah. Like, this is a big if point. they want, if they wanted to, like, you know, like, I can understand, like, in fact, this is, again, like, something where you turn this into a strength, where if everyone's so just, like, disconnected from this violence because they're just used to it, because this is what Kabukicho is like, fine. That's great. But you need something to contrast it with. And you have a character whose entire existence in the canon you have taken him from is to do that. And you don't do anything with that. Yeah, Watson kind of sucks right now. I'm just going to yeah, say that. He, he like, kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I. that's the thing that gets me. Like, You have a gift-wrapped opportunity here to build on what you've got without actually taking away too much of the light-hearted nature of the show. But also to, you know, point out that, like, hey, you know, this violence that everyone's desensitized to, this awful thing, like, maybe we shouldn't be? Like, can we not have, like, him as the audience POV, like, react in a way that he's like, oh, good God, as opposed yeah. to, well, you know, the, the, the cervix was cough. I mean, I think one of our, <laughs> one of, one of our patrons, one of our patrons actually said to me, I bet that he could very well be Jack the Ripper, Watson, oh. Because, oh, of, because of how poorly he reacts to this whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he right now he's just there to be like, "What? You've solved the mystery? Explain it." But like, you you kind of, I mean, sort of don't even need him there for that because Watson does this rock ago, which I guess we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not a great big fan of his yet. I'm not a hundred percent sure what he brings, but I you know that's to be determined. You know, that's yeah. he's a. As much as you say that you don't really need to bring things with Sherlock, if you don't have Watson, you kind of fucked up. You you kind of got to oh, have yeah. Watson. Yeah, and I do think that he is serving the purpose that, you know, he serves in the regular Conan Doyle books, which is as the audience POV. It's just that his reactions are... 
they're so limp to everything, with, again, the exception of how he feels towards the women of the club, which is its own can of worms. So yeah. Do you want to talk it, about that now, or do you want to talk about Rakugo? Where, where do we go from here? I'll, I'll just finish up by saying, like, I, again, don't have an issue necessarily with using extreme violence against women or anyone or anything else. I've, it's like I said in the Shield Hero cast, write about whatever the fuck you want but have a good reason for putting it in there in the first place and try and take a step back to consider how it might read. I mean, like I say, with a couple of rewrites and a couple of tweaks, you could have literally taken the exact same setup and built on that to show, oh, you know what? Like, we can't go to the police because they don't trust sex workers. And that's why we have this system in place that, you know, gamifies and all that and allows them to go out to clubs and get, like, you know, free booze and stuff while they're solving the grisly murder of someone who had her genitals cut off. Like, this is again why I'm confused about what the show is meant to be about. Like, is it meant to be light-hearted? Because if it is, then I find that difficult to swallow, given the fact that, you know, we have the, the, like, the opening murder of the entire show is, oh yeah, she had her vagina cut. Great. Classy. Love it. But if, then if you're trying, if you're trying to then, you know, go, oh, well, you know, it's meant to be a grisly murder, it's meant to be dark in nature. Look at the rest of the show. What does it want to say? What is its tone? What is it trying to get across? I'm not saying that shows can't have multiple tones, but it has to have at least something that's recognisable. I have no fucking clue what to make of this, other than just to say, yeah. <laughs> again, like, it feels like, you know, what happens, like, when I complain about Die Buster, for example. Oh, here's this attempted rape scene. Why is that in there? Because that's just the thing we know that happens to women, so we put that in there, as opposed to careful consideration of doing it. And that's why I say that you could simply have cut that out entirely. The only thing I can think of that they were trying to do with that was, oh, we want to, you know, pay homage to Study in Pink. Uh, sorry, no, that's the that's the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does Study in Scarlet with the long fingernail and the scraping of the blood. Uh, to which I'd say, you don't need to, you know, cut someone's, uh, you know, genitals off in order to get blood out of them if you want to do that. You know, I'm not even a doctor, but I know that. What the fuck? Good, <laughs> that's, good. All I guess, that's all I gotta good, say. Good knowledge. Yeah, I mean valid i i do hear where you're coming from i think tonally the show i think what it was going for and p- perhaps it's sort of so madcap that it may seem like a little bit more of a, a pinball machine than it really is i, I want to say it's going for sort of a tone sandwich like the idea of fun and zany on the front end and the back end to make the uh, brutality of the mystery and the murder kind of easier to to swallow um, and kind of drape everything in fun colors and a bouncy OST. Uh, but the problem is I hated the zany part so much. Mm-hmm. Like they really, the beginning and the end, like by the end, like I was kind of into the... Uh, the Holmes like solving the mystery and kind of and it happened really quickly like they didn't draw anything out which is a thing that I dislike in these stories and they were wrapping it up it's like okay this was kind of a nice neat little package here once we got past some of the grossness and then uh, pal he gets hit by a fucking car <laughs> That, that, that was, Watson is driving. So f- 
fucking stupid. I mean, I, I mean, the one good joke of that is I suppose at least there was a doctor on the scene. Hey, I know. And then, okay, so I'm dense, by the way. Like, what the fuck was happening at the end? Like, when he brought in a penis-shaped flower pot? Uh, that was basically so that he could pee. He was going to, you know, the ending joke of this episode was that Watts is going to have to help Sherlock pee because he's in a cast. Why the fuck is Sherlock so... I guess he's just an eccentric weirdo. I don't know. Like, why well, does no, he he's, he's, he's... I... I... Pass? <laughs> I don't understand why answer, he's so, answer, like... I, I don't understand. Horrified that's the, that's, by it. <laughs> the, I don't understand. That's, like, the... That's, like, the free word review of this entire episode <laughs> for me. I mean... Right, right. God, I really... I'm gonna need a detective to figure this shit out. I know. I know. So, well, um, okay, oh, okay. Oh, I have a thing. Oh, I have a, a quick, just a quick thing. Um, you know, so I guess with your criticisms, re um, the murder, um, made me think of like, so is this show guilty of misogyny? And mm, you could mm. have a you could have a point, re the murder, and and. It's a point that people like me will like kind of debate and push back on. But like, what do you think about? Um, and I know, look, I know Sherlock is supposed to be a dick, but like his sort of um, hands-on examination of the hostess in the White Rose. Um, what did you did that? Um, how did that make you feel? Did that make you a little uncomfortable? It made me a little uncomfortable. I have to say. I, well, I again have to ask, what's the point of it? Do, to prove he, he's a fucking genius, man. To, to he prove could just, he's an ex- He could smell her, and then he could yeah. tell you that she had plastic surgery. <laughs> like, well, well, here's the, here's the thing, though, Doc, right? I, again, don't have an issue with this in principle if it's being used to illustrate that Holmes himself is just that kind of eccentric who doesn't understand people, doesn't know boundaries, crosses lines, all that kind of stuff. But look at how the other detectives were acting. Oh yeah, we're on this murder mystery, but we have like you know a free bar tab. Uh, okay, like what's worse here that Holmes like you know roasts this poor woman by pointing out how the plastic surgery she's had because he himself is just a bit kooky, or the fact that oh we're all going here just to you know have a fun time with these women and you know mate with the free bar when we're also dealing with this horrific murder, which again goes back to the tone issue I've got like. That's the thing that I thought was strange about that. Like, the way this should be written, in my opinion, is everyone just looks and goes, whoa, dude, like, cut that shit out. But no one offers a counter-narrative to that. Like, they're all doing their own thing, which in its own way is a bit shitty, to be quite honest. So... Uh, the case I was just more conf- I was just more confused than anything. I didn't find it funny, for a start. No, no, that's, that's the thing, is like, um... I didn't find it funny either, uh, and I don't know if you're meant to. Like, I, and I don't think, I don't think you're. The, the point was to make you uncomfortable, but I just made me feel uncomfortable and made me go like, yeah. "Well, here's a dick, <laughs> Sherlock." Um, despite Him so, be- but he's yeah. he's um, and he's not like a dick to Watson, really. I mean, he's sort of distant and everything with him, but um, he really like crosses the line read this this hostess and I, I i think it's because the show like you were saying at least in this episode kind of subconsciously doesn't really think that uh 
that sex workers and uh, people and that work in hostess bars and whatnot are uh, to be respected in the Maybe same way. Maybe don't set your show in a place that is actually real, <laughs> you know, that is known for being out of sex work. This is like saying, you know, like, oh, I'm going to write a crime drama where it's going to be about nuns in Amsterdam. Fuck's sake, guys, come on. Now, if he, if, if he does it to, like, uh, you know, uh, a cop who's a lady, uh, a, a straight lady who's like a wealthy, powerful, then, then I'll, you know, eat my words here, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, so far the, the list is, you know, one hostess lady. And yeah. I got a feeling that that's the clientele that we'll mostly be working with and that we'll mostly be having boundaries crossed, uh, upon them by the supposed good guys, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> great start when you when you struggle to see the difference between the good and the bad, only because one is so extremely on the other end. Oh, um, but I again like this is a thing that I find in so many shows I'm starting to fi- have disagreements with, like I had with Shield Hero, which is beyond like the moral reprehensiveness or the ethical reprehensiveness or just how it made me feel. Like, why? Why is it there? I would understand its presence and accept the dis like the taste it left in my mouth if for example like Ho- like Watson served his function in that scene and reacted to it with like dude what are you doing but no nothing he didn't it just it just is there and whatever okay fine mm. <sighs> Jesus Christ mm. alright okay do you want to move on to talk about the other big elephant in the room let's do it alright so Doc, do you think this uh, show is transphobic and or queerphobic? I have to say there's uh, there's certainly ample evidence to support that claim. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> by by the, the first episode. Uh, yep. That is for sure. I mean, I'm just going to point this out. I am currently in the process of writing up a script for a podcast on Tokyo Godfathers. And... Bear in mind, Tokyo Godfathers, like, is a film featuring many different characters and lots of, like, little vignettes and stories in it. And Hannah, you know, she similarly works in a similar kind of club, doing a similar kind of thing, you know, singing as a crossdresser. You know, Mm -hmm. she is treated with so much more dignity and in her depiction, like, just as a regular normal person than anyone that appears in this show. And this is like, and you know, like, Hannah was just one of three characters. It wasn't like, you know, it was entirely about her and the world that she lived in prior to becoming homeless. This is again why I have to ask why. Because if you're just going to set it in Kabuchiko, but then only seem to like, you know, make everyone go, ooh, you know, all of the queer or trans people there. Why? Is that just because you yourself as a writer are queer phobic or transphobic? In which case, kindly, you know, fuck off. I I mean... Here's the thing as well, right? And this is where, fully enough, the Sherlock Holmes baggage comes back into it. Again, Watson is our POV character. He's the lens into the world of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and in this instance, he is the lens of the world for the world of Kabuchiko. Now, his reaction to pretty much all of the women that he meets here, uh, queer or not, trans or not, is, well, like he's suddenly having a gag, like acid reflux attack. And I'm like, okay. Watson? Are we met- yeah, Watson, oh, sorry. Yeah, all I'm the ones that he. Do you mean all the ones he meets in the pipe cat, or just in yeah, the show? Okay, and, okay. And, 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 yeah, all of them. Uh, I mean, there's I one recall... at the end who's in a Letterman jacket that he takes a shine to. 
Mm-hmm. Because, of course, wa- you know, she is uh, stereotypically sort of presented as a, a straight lady. Who I don't know. We'll find out about her later. Maybe yeah. she is Adler. Who who knows? I doubt it's Adler, though, because I don't recall Adler ever having a thing for Watson. Maybe Mary Watson, you know. Ah, wife. yes, it's There's Mary. <laughs> the, could, could be. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, they wouldn't obviously put that in there if it wasn't important, but then again, this show's like, you know, understanding of what isn't as important is a bit, you know, suspect. So, on, on the one hand, you've got the way Watson, you know, views them, which is, oh, good God, like, you know, I'm constantly sweating bullets around these people. Um, and then the show itself has its depiction of them, which is very, like, I think the main problem I have is not, like, for example, like the say, you know, the musical number at the start where we get to see that lady in, um, you know, various outfits, including, you know, the what's the sweater call with a side boob on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right, right. I, I, I recognize that. Like, that in itself is not a problem, but what I think I have an issue with is the way that it just treats all of them as, like, people who don't understand boundaries or space. Yeah. Miss Hudson, that, by the way, is the name Miss of Hudson, the lady There we go. Miss, Miss Hudson, yeah. But you're totally like, how, right. Like, you're so right about this. Yeah, that I think is the problem here. Not in how they look or how, like, you know, it has that, like, quirky musical number. Those in themselves can be fine. But, like, again, I go back to Tokyo Godfathers. You know what Hannah didn't do? Violate personal space. Yeah. And, and it, it would be... So, so I guess, you know, you could see the argument, the counter-argument to what you're saying. Like, well, some, some drag queens are like this or, or some... Uh, trans people are are like this, or cross dressers are like this, um, but like so, like the vast majority of them in this episode are presented in this way with these very masculine bodies and facial hair. It's not well, like maybe the there, there's the bowl hair one who like says like sorry. Yeah, to... yeah, the the, maybe the tiny one, push. but like, but they're they're not presented. There's no sort of diversity of types. It's really like. So mostly this, it's these, and, and there's not a differentiation really of, um, I mean, we don't know, uh, are they drag queens? Are they trans people? Uh, I don't, are they a mix? I don't know. Um, and so. I don't think the writers know. I don't think they care. <laughs> it's just kind of, yeah, an amalgam <laughs> of like stereotypes, like turned yeah. up to 11. And like you said, they're very boundary crossing with uh Watson who we have a counter example it's not like this is a thing of his around women he sees the redhead uh at the end and blushes and is like oh yeah I'm into this uh it's just that these people are uh not straight or cis and you know uh this is sort of the gift that keeps on giving so to speak the the curse that keeps on cursing because they get out of pipe cat club and uh, they find uh, Matsun and uh, Norio. Oh, good uh, God. The, the neat freak detective. And, you know, again, a counter argument could be deployed here where you could be like, well, it's just PDA that uh, the guys are not into and they leave. But there just seems to be a bit more of the ooh gross about this. That, than that, that's exactly normal. what that seed is. Because if it was just the case that, you know, oh, uh, we accident. We've got the wrong couple because oh, it's you know he's with a guy. Like they leave while we hear the dialogue of them to embrace each other and doing this very camp like and all this like you know very very hyperactive kind of way. And that's the point they choose to leave. 
not as far as like the scene is constructed because they're oh god we've got the wrong people i mean let me ask you this right if you replace that guy um one of the two guys with a girl made it a, a heterosexual relationship and left the dialogue exactly the same can you would that then like work as a joke in that sense <laughs> right I, uh, right yeah it, it wouldn't That's be the... it would it would not be written that way because it's the joke is not as quote-unquote yeah. funny yeah i should stress by why i don't believe that that is funny at all i'm only i'm just trying to work from the perspective of the creators here because totally that's the way that's the way that reads to me it's like when i point out in well frank's like oh look there's the dialogue over this scene like and you you know scenes are constructed in vacuums from individual elements like you have cohesive meaning from different elements so when you've got them doing that in the background and the rest of like the cops all of them are sweating bullets whereas you'd think like the the rank and file officers wouldn't give two shits because they're not the ones whose careers are on the line for you know accusing the wrong person i mean call me crazy here or even call me like you know just <laughs> okay crazy you call me like you know over exaggerating here but for those of you at home, if you've listened to my Keekin podcast, I was getting vibes of that. Because there's that fucker who, like, you know, molests men in that show. Yeah, that's that's a thing that happens in the Keekin, a show about soda cans. Great. Thanks for that. Uh, and he bursts in through the door, like, to, you know, like, try and have his way with Kakaru. And I got a vibe with that with the detectives there, including Lestrade. Like, you know, ooh, look at this, what's going on here? And... Also, funnily enough, Akikin also features a trans, like, you know, club owner in that. Yeah. Uh, which is also similarly treated pretty, you know, badly by the show's depiction. So, when I'm comparing a show that comes out in 2019 to a show that couldn't even handle its own premise of sentient soda can waifus properly, that is a real cause for concern. Yeah. And, and you know, you could look at this on paper, Um the, the cast list and and see the preview and look at pictures and and you, you I could see you thinking to yourself optimistically like okay what the show is going to try to do is like normalize these kinds of folks by inserting them into this story and like just having them be themselves and and be uh kind of a normal part of the furniture of the world and, and be have redeeming qualities and, and be quite useful. Uh, but uh, right off the bat, the, the, the straight man comedy with Watson, like it really undercuts that if that's what they're trying to do, it makes yeah. me think that's and, not what they're trying to do. And, and indeed, this is a thing that I've just realized <laughs> where I've just realized that the, the animators and the sound designers of this show are actually, I'd argue, at war with the scripts and the way it's written. Because yeah. there's a lot of love being poured into the visuals here. You've got, like, yeah. you know, all the neon of Kabuchiko, and it looks fantastic. You've got the moody jazz soundtrack. The opening, uh, before we get, like, a proper introduction to Watson, where it's quick cuts of, like, you know, the smoking the cigar and all that, and seeing the lady, you know, in the hotel room. Like, it's a really strong opening for a show that doesn't actually exist, unfortunately. But, like, it gives us the idea of, like, a really moody, like, noir piece. It's great. And it's clear that, like, the people who are designing this have a lot of affection for the environment. And potentially the people, I suppose, even though they're presented, like, you know, in the way they are. Uh, and so when you've got that, where, like, oh, look at how, like, moody and, like, atmospheric this place is, this, like, place of danger and darkness, but also of neon lights and, you know... It, unusual folk and then you've got that mm -hmm. and you've got oh uh 
all trans all trans women want to do is just like you know violate the personal space of cishet men yeah grab ass great yeah <laughs> yeah fucking fucking brilliant i don't get this show right now i mean we're only one episode in i don't hate it i'm just alarmed by it and mm-hmm. i'm i'm also again just asking like we're one episode in i should have a very strong idea of what this show is meant to be about at this point you'd think yeah but i don't well, i mean the the, the the Jack the Ripper mystery, like, that is in the background, is merely that. We mm-hmm. don't even, like, you know, you'd think, like, you know, we'd get some more development of that at the end, like, well, you know, Jack's a slight swirling as much as, like, well, they fell for that bait, didn't they? But, like, there's nothing, like, that to me feels like it's going to connect this one to the next, this mm. episode to the next one. So... And that could be fine. That could be fine, because you can have, like, one-off episodes where it's, like, here's a new case each time, like House. Right. Right. So, I'm, I'm of the mind that, um... I think the aboutness question, like, and I could, I mean, we're only one episode in, so who the fuck knows? But uh, the feel I get at the moment is, is very much just pulpy, throwaway, fun entertainment. Like, it's not meant to be, like, about anything, um, like, really significant in terms of themes and message. Um which is always like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy in my entertainment. That's the kind of things that I look for and gravitate to. But but I can roll with a a good, like, uh, just kind of half hour of entertainment. Um, and again, I do think this show, like you said, there's it's not a total write-off. The episode has strengths. Um, yeah. The Rakugo Seeing, um, being, being a real yeah, strength. Yeah, that was pretty good. We'll get to that moment, but I want to mention that one of the things that it does is we get to see the actual crime being solved by, like, looking at details like we get to see sherlock do his stuff like you know pay attention to detail um so it is handling that well enough um i do think that you know like the op like as much as i liked it shock as as it was uh it might have wanted to labor on details a little more and maybe it would have been nice if we got to see the actual murderer like in the background once or twice to, rather than just oh here he is all along like I think part of the appeal of a good mystery to me is that the answers should always be right in front of you, um, and you could potentially get ahead of that on them. I mean, this is what we were like. It was like when I was watching Erased. I had questions every single week. I was watching that show. The best mystery ever. <laughs> <That's>... Yeah, <laughs> I love like, that show. Like, like, yeah, like that's that to me like is the thing that like keeps you going because um, you want to like try and figure out the details of the crime uh you know you play along at home so to speak yeah you just love those characters you just oh you really got invested in in those kids uh and then after he is... got saved and the show just kind of went a bit limp yeah it did not but... finish as strong as it could have otherwise but but that is a connection that we that we certainly don't have established uh here yet despite uh characters like moriarty uh and a couple of the others i, I kind of like d- despite the fucking shitty joke we talked about i, I kind of like uh neat freak detective um as as someone to that loses to, to someone that loses to homes regularly mm. um some uh, some of them i could see uh potentially likable but no one as of yet really jumps out at me as um you know, uh, here's my boy, or here's my girl, like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, the, I the episode know. treats this entire thing, this entire affair as something that just feels like business as usual for these guys, and yeah. here's the thing, right, there are two ways you can do that in a story, 
Either A, you address that business-as-usual nature head-on through the perspective of a different character, like Watson, <laughs> which it doesn't fucking do, or, or you don't treat it as business-as-usual. You, you know, treat the thing as seriously as it should be treated. And it doesn't do either of those. So it, not only, like, if I said, like, you know, that I find the content questionable in terms of, like, you know, whether or not it's necessary to depict such a graphic act happening to a woman for reasons. I mean, like, beyond just that, like, if the show itself is going to say, well, it's just business as usual for these boys, um, that doesn't exactly excite me. Right. Right. Well, maybe they have to, like, lay this foundation to get to the real, like, oh, shit, it's not business as usual anymore, motherfucker. Uh, Jack the Ripper's gonna rip. He's really Jack this time. Oh, For man. Realsies. Jack's back. Oh, I'm bringing that, that <laughs> me. Oh, man. Oh, great. Jack the Ripper is a Fate character, by the way. Did you know this? I also believe that Jack the Ripper in Fate is like a 13-year-old, like... Or, or possibly oh, younger. <laughs> great. A little girl. Yeah, very much a tiny great. girl. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one, Mu. Assassin. What a surprise. <laughs> What a surprise. I mean, I didn't think he blew up, like, you know, balloon animals or something. <laughs> Jack the Ripper is also in um, Nobunagan, which is another historical mashup that's mm. sort of not as, like, doesn't really take itself as seriously as Fate does. Anyway, Jack the Ripper in anime. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh. All right. Look, Rakugo? I'll, I'll just let... Rakugo? Oh, yes, let's talk about Rakugo. Okay. This is one of the things I really like about the show, actually. Like one of the few things, because it, it feels like a refreshing twist on what I personally have experienced of the Holmes character thus far. Like, okay, we're actually bringing Holmes over to Japan. Like, you know, he's clearly a Japanese gentleman. Let's actually do something with that. Yeah. Where we get to see him, like, you know, work through the process, go through his inductive and deductive reasoning through theatre. Uh, yeah. The Let scene me, itself um, was animated really well. It really, it really was. Just briefly, in case there's anyone who doesn't know, I feel like. I mean, I certainly was introduced to this through um, Rakugo Shinju, the uh, or Shin is it Shinjo? I think it might be Shinjo. Anyway, I haven't seen it either way, which uh, makes me a terrible person. <laughs> oh, it's very good, um, and I haven't even seen the second season, and I can tell you it's very good. But uh, but yeah, that anime, the twenty sixteen slash twenty seventeen smash hit banger of a show, Rakugo Shinjo. Uh, I was introduced to to this. I think a lot of anime fans would have been, but there are some who are newer to fandom or just skipped the show, and they're like, "What is Rakugo?" So Rakugo is kind of a, a an old Japanese uh, theater type. It's like a one man show. It means uh, fallen words in Japanese, and there's uh, again, since it's a one man show, there's a single storyteller that sits uh, on a stage, has a very limited number of props, and tells. Uh, a long story with multiple characters, multiple points of view that they um, uh, kind of do impressions, do different voices for. And the stories can be uh, very sort of melancholic or sentimental, or they can be comedies. And so Watson, no, sorry, not Watson, uh, <laughs> Holmes, Holmes uh, uses this form of theater, like you said, to work through publicly his deductions so you don't have him sitting in like a parlor room smoking a pipe 
just talking to Watson. Yeah, um, be a bit like dry he, of a wise. Yeah, it's it's less dry. There's more visual flair, and as you said, uh, it's a really nice touch because Holmes is Japanese and he's a very traditional sort of fellow. Um, yeah, so it makes sense. It, it feels like one of the times that like. I mean, this is set like in Kabuchiko, so you'd think that they would be celebrating that or, you know, that that districts of Shinjuku, like, you know, they would, like, be using it in a positive way. Not to say that they should shave off all its warts and all that, of course. I mean, sex work is incredibly dangerous and, you know, can be quite degrading work, depending on how it goes for you. But, like, this is one of the things where it feels like, you know, the text and the anabases are in agreement in this episode, where you know what we are going to do a different twist on Holmes through like you know having him do Rakugo to like solve this crime and you know we're going to back that up with some great animation and sound effects and also voice acting credit where it's due Holmes voice acts like goes just <laughs> like uh well yeah you know like you've got it's just like very subdued like you know very monotone like oh I see you've got you know uh, some bags under your eyes from that plastic surgery you had you might want to get that checked out to well let me tell you about a crime like, he, he does handle that range really, really well. Yeah. So there is actual genuine craft here, and that's certainly the highlight of the episode, and I look forward to seeing more of them as they go along. There's, like, the, like, smoky paint, like, yes. blasts in the background. It looks so cool. I love that effect. It looks great. And I love that, like, they don't kind of cut, to, to take a sort of shortcut to, like, traditional kind of kabuki music when he's doing this. I like that they stick with the the mood that they have established, the very modern urban soundtrack and stuff, along with the yeah. the cool uh, visuals. Uh, really, they, they it just sells the scene. And like you said, the voice work, that really came together quite nicely, and that's probably the strongest part of the episode. Yeah, uh, I should bloody hope it is, given that that's like one of the central selling points of the show. Um, so yeah, if there's one other thing that I will credit the show for, by the way, um, like... For a first episode, like, I understand that, you, you know, you might think to yourself, well, importing Sherlock, Watson and company wholesale is a way of cutting down on needless exposition. But I have to credit that Watson is not constantly going, well, hi, I'm Watson. I'm, from, <laughs> you know, I'm a doctor from university, you know, like I was doing this, 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 this and this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we get to see Holmes here present himself as he always would do, like prior to meeting Watson. And it isn't like, you know... It doesn't feel artificial or contrived. We're just kind of dropped in it. And I think that works. Like, it, this is, after all, meant to be an unusual environment, Kabuki Cho. So it would make sense to have a protagonist, well, one of the protagonists be, you know, a POV character who has to soak all of this in and all of its, you know, strangeness, but also, like, wonder and beauty. Uh, which is not backed up by the episode's actual, you know, events or the way characters act, annoyingly enough. But... I think that at least, you know, like, insofar as not delivering tons and tons of dry exposition and just simply having us roll with it as it goes along and let it develop organically, I think that worked well. Totally. I'm in agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Watson, it's hit me, I think I think he just may rub me the wrong way because he looks like a like a high school quarterback who just has continued to wear his, like, varsity jacket. It's like I said to you off cast talk, like his chin looks like a cinder block. It's incredible. It's incredible. He really does look like a high school athlete grown up. It mm-hmm. makes me laugh. But uh, uh. yeah, I don't know. Um, 
So, is there anything else to say about this episode? We talked about how great the music was. We talked about a lot of the, a lot of the down points. We talked about the, talked about the Rakugo, uh, the the what the fuck moment at the end. I don't know what else is there to cover. Did we leave anything out? I'm 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 just waiting for the episode where Sherlock and like tiny little twelve year old pickpocket Moriarty have a wrestling match in front of what's going to be a water slide, <laughs> and that's going to be their tribute to Reichenbach Falls. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, I can't wait to see will, that shit. Will he remain a, a a good guy, right? Will he remain on the side of Sherlock? That'll be interesting to see. He also has a cool fashion sense, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um he has a nice jacket thing and some did mm. I it it's not a sort of pants jacket combo that I would pick for myself, but Moriarty pulls it off well enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off by uh, with two things. First off, I'm gonna say that Folks, listen at home, right? If you've only just watched the first episode at this point, or indeed if any any of the episodes for Kabuchiko, and you've got your own thoughts on what's it's, what it's actually about that, that I may very well have missed, tell me. I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like more perspectives on this, because me saying here right now, it's episode one, I don't get it. Why is this show here? What is it trying to be about? That's not gospel, and I don't want it to be treated as such. I'd rather, you know, have a bit of a conversation around us, what they're trying to accomplish here. I mean, I disagree with, the, with this, for example, but I remember someone saying to me once that, you know, Perennial Snooze Fest Aka 13 was a healing anime. And you know what? Not a sentiment I agree with personally, but I appreciate nonetheless that there's a different perspective on that of how someone might view it. So keep those coming. Give me give me some thoughts on this as to what the show might be about. Yeah, let me... I, I only double down on that. Let me emphasize that because um, this is the anime that has won the poll and you've, you've heard... You know, you've heard our takes on episode one, and you know, I I think probably a lot of the stuff that we didn't like um, will remain. Uh, if I had to guess, if I had to put money on it, so you'll probably be hearing about it. Um, so, you know, um, g- give us some other directions to go in, some other uh, push back on us here, if if you. If you want to, if you think that there's, like you said, something we're missing, something we're not taking into account. Um, and I don't know. Do, do, do you feel like that since this show won the poll, this is the show that we definitely need to stick with here all the way through? And if you're asking me that question... I am well, asking you, and I'm asking the, the, the patrons also. Well, firstly, I... I have seen enough stupid animations in my <laughs> lifetime to know that I will not duck out. I, I don't tap out easily. Uh, but secondly, uh, first off, I think it behooves us to, you know, cover what people have asked for, because we are a democracy funded by our lovely patrons. So true. Uh, thirdly, thirdly, we, you know, often, as of late, have covered a lot of really good shows, and that's good. Like, I don't mind covering a good show. I mean, what kind of madness do you think it would be if I said I was like, oh, God, I hate covering this great Another... show. It's too... <laughs> Good show. Another and, life-changing piece of media. God. Yeah. And you know what, right? As small as our as our audience currently is, relatively speaking, you know, as like our voices aren't out there such. I don't think it behooves us to walk away from something that's bad and not, you know, go through it all in full, hmm. in all of its fullness. Because either A, it can become better, or B, it remains bad. And just because it's it is bad and it's got question balance doesn't mean we shouldn't then challenge it on it week on week. Yeah. That's totally fair. Uh, chime in also. Let us know um, if you have opinions on that. And and like Shadon said, help us 
form a conversation around the show uh, mm-hmm. and talk about oh. what you want to talk about in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a patron question, by the way. This comes from Kate Rose. Uh, can you talk about your expectations for the show before you saw the first episode and how did those change once you saw the episode? Uh well, we've covered the show in fairly exhaustive detail at this point on the issues we've had with it. For me, when I watched the trailer, apart from like certain alarm bells ringing about depiction of Miss Hudson, I thought, right, we've got a kind of like, you know, I say sleazy here, but I mean that in the best way possible. Um, Like, you know, sleazy kind of like, you know, moody, noir, like, you know, detective story. We've got like, you know, a classic character from Western fiction being implemented here but with his own unique twist on it. And it's going to be, you know, moody and noir and all that. Um, And as for how I feel now, I genuinely don't know what this show is, what it's trying to do. Because if it's being comedic, I mean, I I understand, like, you know, humour is, like, cultural and all that, but, you know, Sherlock getting woke on a woman? uh, I don't know. (laughs) Really? Don't uh, d- don't bring your Western politics into animation on, and you <laughs> keep know, that to oh, yourself. Look, <laughs> oh, look at that! Watson's gonna have to let Sherlock pee into a cup uh, at the end. Isn't that funny? Um, <laughs> okay, I guess. I mean, hearing you talk think, about it is funny. <laughs> I mean, like jokes to me like need more craft to them than that, rather than just oh, I'm not having a man touch my balls, you know. <laughs> I mean, he is stored in the balls, as we know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we can do better than that as far as crafting a solid joke. Oh, uh, can we? <laughs> hey, I've, I, like, oh, I've seen plenty of great funny shows where they have good build-ups to, like, actual solid jokes, like, welcome to CHK. Oh, right, you know, like, Sasso's, like, uh, read, I can't remember her name because I've not seen the show, so, like, he's read, like, her intent on trying to psychoanalyze him, so he starts throwing all this sexual imagery, and she's just, then like, furiously freaking through the books to interpret it, and of course she goes scarlet red at the end of it, but it's a build-up to a good joke, like, it's crafted. It gives us insight into the characters, uh, as opposed to this, which is peeing this cup, Sherlock, you old, you old man, I'm like, cool, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I have to say, right, for the first episode, by the way, you'd think this would have established that they're now, like, you know, going to hang out together. Because, indeed, in Study in Scarlet, um, Holmes and Watson actually end up, like, renting the Baker Street together because uh, he finds, like, he's referred on by one of his... Watson is referred on by one of his friends when he gets back from the war. Like, that's how they meet and how they end up living together. It establishes that and the first case that they cover collectively. If... I have got no concrete evidence from the way this episode ends that that is going to be the case here, like they're going to continue hanging out. For all we know, Watson could just be on his way after he's helped Sherlock with his, you know, urinary issues. He'll probably feel indebted to him, right? I mean, he helped him get his money back, and then he hit him with a car. Uh, yeah, that that does tend to, you know, uh, require a, <laughs> a, you know... And he also, he also wants him to solve his own case, which mm-hmm. Sherlock uh, never has wise. agreed to yet, but I figure that's why he'll he'll stick around. Of what? Why is he in the show? <laughs> what did he say? Like, there's there's not a thing, there's not a murder, but weird things keep happening to me. You know, like I've ended up in this anime. Like instance. how trans people have cuties. Oh, oh, no, I keep, yeah, I'm around trans people all the time. It's, please solve this for me. I don't understand why it's happening. <sighs> um. Well, look, look. 
we've gotten a lot of this out of our system. And I mean, I feel like unless, I don't know, maybe I'll walk this back. Unless the show goes even farther, like we probably don't need to spend as much time every single week kind of enumerating its sins. Because I feel like it's going to, it's just going to do this every week, you know? And it's gonna we'll suck. F- <laughs> well, we'll f- we will find out, folks. We'll g- we'll give it a go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you do want to ask us questions about the show, um, oh, as we cover it. I didn't answer sorry, the Bob? question. I'm. I didn't answer uh, Kat Rose's yes. question. Uh, Kate Rose. Apologies. Uh, sorry about that, Kate. Um. Well, w- seeing a PV doesn't really kind of mess with my expectations too much. I've really trained myself over the years to, um, w- in terms of anime, usually to not expect anything unless it's like associated with a franchise I already know. And like, like if a new Macross came out uh, or like, I don't know, a bunch of people were like, this manga was so good. I'd be like, okay, I'll check this anime out. I don't even have to really see the preview. I just expect it to be good. Um, this one, not really being attached to anything or having any recommendations. I didn't have a ton of expectations um, right off the gate. But as I alluded to at the beginning, you know, I just I just kept hearing over the course of the week uh, how sort of transphobic the show was, and and queer phobia, and you know, you see the images of uh, the drag queens and or transgender folks, and uh, it you know it it got me ready for this. Like I said, I was able to compartmentalize that and then try to see if there were any other redeeming aspects of the show apart from it. I didn't really get blindsided by it. I was ready for mm. that. Um, and as I said, mystery is not really my thing. So my expectations were pretty low. So for me, the everything else portion of the show was mostly fun. Like I said, I think all told I had a fun time. Um, but there are just a lot of problems and a lot of uh, question marks uh, that will, you know, I guess work themselves out over time. Mm-hmm. I again just have to ask though, like if this is the setting you want to put your Sherlock story in, why do you not seem to like it all that much? Like, why do you frame it in these ways? Because it's I'm curious. comedy. Ha 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 ha! It's ha. comedy. Yes, I laughed. Look I laughed so hard. I, I, you know, I laughed so hard. I passed out, and there was just blood <laughs> on the floor everywhere. And it poured all out of my nose. And there was also a gun in my hand. I don't know how that got there. <laughs> Does so. Don't be morbid. Don't be so morbid. Um. Oh, dear. Anyway. 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 Uh, yes, if you do want to um, uh, get involved, you know, ask us questions about uh, Kabuchiko Sherlock as we cover it. Uh, feel free to you know become a patron for as little as two dollars a month. Um, if you go up to three dollars or more, you'll be able to ask questions for us. Uh, you can even get access to early episodes like the upcoming Tokyo Godfathers uh, Ooh, podcast yeah. I'm currently doing. Uh, you'll also get access to the aforementioned the Keekin podcast, which is still sat there for patron only. Uh, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get some. That's where I really cut loose on that one, folks. So if you enjoyed, you know me, you know sharpening my knives and like carving into this roast beast here, uh, then you might want to check that one out as well. Uh, and there's also plenty of other benefits. You have a Discord, of course. You get to request a show for us to cover. All sorts of great stuff. So definitely uh, give it a look-see. 
If, on the other hand, however, you're catching this further down the line and you're, you know, listening to past me as opposed to present me, you, you know, probably catch it on YouTube or iTunes or SoundCloud or, you know, maybe at your local, you know, theatre or on the jukebox at your local pub. Okay, maybe not so much. Uh, do feel free to, you know, give us a like, a subscribe, you know, give us a nod on that because it really helps our discoverability. We always appreciate, you know, constructive feedback from patrons or non-patrons as well. So feel free to, again, offer your thoughts on this show to us and, like, offer some perspectives that we might have missed because, you know, we're always willing to be educated here. And yeah, um, that otherwise, I believe, brings us to the end of Second Stream, Episode 1, Kabuchiko Sherlock, Case File 221, Paragraph 7, Subset, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, so uh, from me and Doc, uh, we'll say now that we will, of course, be back with Kabuchiko Sherlock, Episode 2, Subparagraph, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that'll be next week. Uh, and as I say, like, you know what? I'm curious, like, about this show's purpose. But having seen so many bad things in my life and seeing also some of the good stuff that's in this, I'm willing to stick with it. I want to give it a fair chance to, sh- you know, shake its own, you know, own issues. Tail feather. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's like, like, just to leave it on this note, right? Like, all of the things I've said that I don't like, I mean, I don't obviously like transphobia or queerphobia anyway. Like, you know, don't do that shit, folks. It's not fucking difficult to use someone's preferred pronouns. It really isn't. If you can stop yourself from swearing on the phone in customer service, you can do that as well. That being said, I am not against their inclusion to serve a narrative purpose. We do no one any benefit by pretending these things don't exist, by not writing stories in which characters do act transphobic or queerphobic. The key here that I want you all to think about, though, is, as I've said in other works we've covered, like, what is the purpose of the queerphobia or the transphobia in any given work where it appears? Is it then something that is ridiculed, uh, you know, torn down, you know, deconstructed, revealed for the fallacy and the false way of thinking that it is? Or is it intrinsic to the work itself? Is it, like, you know, the framework upon which the show hangs upon and, like, you know, all the way down to its bones, like, permeates it to the core? The problem I have with Sherlock is not that it has transphobic or queerphobic elements in it, it's simply because they exist. My problem is that it falls into the latter category I just mentioned there, where it seems more encoded into the show just right. because as a kind of bleed over from its creators yeah. and their own viewpoints. I mean, you know, oh, this work is a work of fiction, doesn't reflect the author's views. That's bullshit. That'll protect you in a court of law, but it will not protect you from me taking <laughs> shit for it. Yeah, it does really feel um, endorsed. Uh, and yeah. like you said, as, as part of the show's DNA, you know, the, the character designer for the show was actually also the character designer in the Persona 5 OAV and... Well, oh no! Speaking, speaking of no! <laughs> speaking of queer phobia, uh, you know it. I don't know if it was in the OAV or not, but we love to talk about that scene from Persona Five, and it's oh. it's also, you know, again when we talk about that, we say like, okay, like characters could have these bigoted beliefs in a story, and then you can use that for some some purpose or whatever, but like when queer characters themselves are stereotyped uh and and laughed at and uh the the phobia is the joke like what does that serve and and that's just you know connections between p5 that crappy incident uh in the uh red light district there and kabuchiko in uh, in this show Mm-hmm. character designer is the connecting thread 
I wish I wish Satoshi Kon was still alive because if he was doing oh. this show, he would utterly knock it out of the park. Oh, we miss you. We miss you. Indeed. But that's why I say, like, you know, that I don't think the premise is inviolate. I think that there's plenty of ideas that could be brought around here. And similarly, Watts himself and his own reactions, plus all the other characters, they could dial that back over the course of the show's run. It doesn't even need to necessarily be something, like, you know, apparent, but more like, hey, you know, like, I'm just used to it now. Like, Miss Hudson, you know, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Who can but say? But the problem, and see, it's hard, though, because you... It's both, like, it will be one thing if Watson, I know we're extending this shit as we said we're about to sign off, but it will be one thing if Watson was, like, you know, queerphobic and then the drag queens and or trans folks didn't, you know, grab his ass and shit. But, like, you don't want to be like, all right, Watson, you need to be cool with having your ass grabbed by people, because that's not okay. But the thing is, like, you... (laughs) You know, if he backs off of it, like, he's like, oh, I'm endorsing, like, having my boundaries crossed just because it's a it's an LGBTQ person. No, like, you have that's, to no, that's pull, back, line, pull back from both sides. Like, yeah, I, I probably should have mentioned that. I apologize that I wasn't quite so clear. But what I'm trying to say, essentially, is that, like, you know, we're not at the end of the show. We're at the start, and there is still possibility, you know, of it tapering back on these problematic elements even if it's not necessarily like an overt thing where it's like a critical analysis, like a, a look at itself, you know, we'll see. We will see. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I say, if you do want to get involved, consider looking at our Patreon, look at our YouTube, look at our SoundCloud. Uh, we'll be back next week with Kabuchiko Sherlock episode two. Yeah. Uh, I've been Shaden, uh, and you know, it's been Dr. Sussel Watson over there, you know, helping me out on this rather difficult case. I don't feel we've quite cracked it yet, but I do believe with a bit more, you know, uh, deep analysis, we might come to the conclusion that satisfies everyone about Kabuchiko Sherlock. So, My Joe, I think you've done it. I think I have, actually, with that voice. So on that note, a very good night, everyone. And as always, embrace each other to the ends of the universe. All the best. Good night. Thank you.